Well, praise the Lord, I get to make the announcements this morning, so. Um, don't forget, Brother Ivan's going to be with us next week. So, um, we'll probably do a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening message, because I don't think he's going to be here. Um, I think he's leaving on Monday, so I, I will confirm that, but he'll be here Sunday morning for sure. So, go bring a friend. Bring an enemy. You know, I mean, it don't make any difference. Bring an enemy. Uh, now, I will tell you that if you've never been in a meeting with Brother Ivan, it's a little different than, than me. Um, so, he's an awesome man of God. I wouldn't bring anybody in here that I didn't think was, was of God. I've known Brother Ivan for, gosh, going on 30 years now, and, and uh, he is a man of God. I, I'm highly impressed with him. He is... He is the same in the pulpit as he is out of the pulpit, and so that means a lot to me. And uh, so anyway, he'll be here with great testimonies going on and what's going on in Guatemala and the orphanages and what we're getting ready to do over in Kenya. And so anyway, be here and make plans for that. And like I said, we probably will do a Sunday night service, uh, but I will let you know 100% for sure next week. Uh, essential oil classes, Thursday, March the 2nd, so... If you don't know anything about that, Kara, wave your hand around like that. That talk to her after church. Say, what is this? We got special oil we brew around here. You know, it's holy oil. One touch. Change your life. No, I'm joking. But it is good stuff. But something I do want to tell you this morning is that um, for those of you out watching or any friends you know, people you know, um, a, a pastor that I follow out of California um, YouTube cut him off, and so he's cut off all of his stuff. Is deleted. Uh, I, the, the, man, he didn't say anything that I didn't say. They just don't know about me. And so, uh, anyway, if you're out there viewing, you always got to know that if you go to our website at awaterholefortheworld.com, or if you have our app downloaded, you can always see and re and and the messages because we're not going to lose content on them at the first. But uh, there is all kinds of crazy things going on, so you need to make sure you got all your bases covered. Amen? So get your Bibles out, and let me give you a giving message here this morning. get to preach twice today. And go to Luke 6.38. I want to show you something here about giving. Yeah, we had a good time the other night uh, at uh, Coffee with Pastor. Uh, we had a lot of people show up, and, and I was talking to the, some of the newer people and telling them the testimonies of the church and all. And, man, I went to bed last night just dreaming of all kinds of stuff. It just got me all stirred up because, you know, sometimes you got to remind yourself of what God has done and what he's doing. And, and I'll be honest with you, this church was started by faith. God moved, and, 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 and he did a sovereign work here. And uh, God has always provided for us. God has always blessed us. God has always given to us. We're debt-free. We've always been debt-free. Uh, and and uh, so, you know, praise the Lord for that. That's right. I mean, give the Lord a hand clap. I mean, God has always put it before the Lord. The Lord does it, and then we move, you know. And uh, I'm excited about what's happening, but I want to show you one of the principles in Luke 6:38. It says, given it will be given to you, good measures, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. And so a lot of people stop right there and they never read the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse says, with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. Okay, now go over 
to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4. Verse 1, story of, the, of Elisha and the widow. I'm going to read it to you. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take the two sons to be his slaves. Okay, so she's in a tough spot. So Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now, she's in, she didn't have no crackers, no nothing. Had no flour to go with it. She couldn't even make an old biscuit or something, right? All she's got is the oil. Then he said, okay, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Now, when you have come into... When you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it unto all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and she shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels into her, and she poured it out. And came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. So in this story of the, 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 the woman with the oil, and also Luke 6, 38, he says, it'll be measured back to you for with whatever you did. So in other words, you are going to be the one that's going to set the amount of return. Can you imagine going into a bank and you're going to go in there and say, look, I want to, I want to deposit this money in my account over here and I'd like it to draw interest to this amount. They would say, it's not the way it works. You put it to us, and then we'll tell you what we'll give you, right? But in both cases, because see, if she got five vessels, she got five jars of oil. If she got 500, she got 500. It was according to her faith. Are you all following me on this? Wouldn't you feel kind of sick if you had poured... So many, and then you realize, why didn't I go to John's house over there? <laughs> Forgot about him. He had that big tub in the back. Right? Well, she got that one shot. So her return, she was measuring her return. You see that? It's the same with giving. You're measuring your return. God's not limiting you on the amount of finances that he will give you to advance the kingdom of God. Only you limit God by your giving. You see that? That's what's always been exciting about this church is that we've been able to do things that were outside of our scope of natural ability. I mean, we built the, the church in Guatemala, spent almost half a million dollars on that building, and it's nicer than this one. And we did it debt-free. You see, you say, well, how could you? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just keep pouring the vessel. I don't even, I've gotten to where I don't even try to figure it out anymore. I don't, from the very beginning of this church starting, I mean, from everything that happened, it was like, oh, gosh, okay, we need to spend $2,000 on the electric, and we don't have electric. Isn't this right, Bill? And so we'd sit back and we'd say, okay, God, we, we're going to need $2,000 for that electric. 
I don't know where it's going to come from. And we said, we ain't getting any. It's not going to be here. It's not going to be in the offering. It's not going to be this, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, something just happened, something crazy. I remember one time uh, the office called me and said, hey, you need to come over here and look at this. And uh, we'd been praying. We needed $20,000. And we went over there, and someone had sent in $20,000 to the church in traveler's checks. Traveler's checks. And you remember that? And they were standing there holding it and said, man, what is this? And I I was like, this is a traveler's check. I mean, this is, I don't even know why somebody would have done it like this, but $20,000 is a traveler's check. I said, well, go put it in the bank and go pay the bill. You know, in and out, in and out, in and out. That's what we've always done. So anyway, works in your finances too. So all I'm saying to you is whatever you're measuring out, don't cut yourself short. Don't get that place. Sometimes God stretches your faith and says, hey, I want you to do this, or I want you to believe for this, or I want you Don't get scared because whatever you measure out is going to come back to you if you're trusting in the Lord. Amen? Amen. So look at the person beside you and say, don't get scared. Okay, put your hand on your offer and let me pray over it. Heavenly Father, I just praise you today. Lord, as these amazing people give today, Lord, and I thank you what you've done with this church and what you've used us all for over the years, Lord, to just be blessings and reach around this world. And, Lord, I want to do more than we've ever done before. I want to I take it all the way up until the day you come get us. Lord, I want to see it just, just rattling and shaking the doors and just making all of hell scared because of what we do. And so, Lord, I thank you for taking these people and blessing these people and blessing their businesses and blessing their hands, everything they put their hands to. Lord God, I think you will prosper. And so, Lord, we give you praise for it. We thank you for it now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. got your Bibles out, go to the book of Revelations, chapter 12, verse 7. I started this last week, I think. It was last week. Three mighty weapons of God. And uh, <clears throat> I want to finish it today, or actually I'm just going to preach all over it, because I, I, I'm actually going to go at it backwards today. And uh, that way you won't think it's the same message that I preached last week, because I'll just turn it around, come backwards, and then y'all think, oh, it's a new one. Now, I just see something here I really want to get to, so I don't want to do a lot of reviewing, because if I do, you just have to go back and watch the message last week and, and see what I was talking about. But Revelations 12, 7 was the scripture I started out with, 
three mighty weapons of God. It says a war broke out in heaven and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Can I have an amen? amen? Nor was their place found in them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren who, was accused, who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Amen? Said so they overcame the devil by the blood and the word. Right? And so I started preaching this last week, and I went through all that. And like I said, I don't want to review a whole bunch, but I started talking about the mighty weapons of God that he's given us. Because the bottom line is Satan is down here on this earth. We live in a cursed world, but we have been redeemed from the curse. And so now we can walk in victory, but we still have to wield our swords. We still have to fight. We still have to battle. There's no easy road you're ever going to find that you will not get in a battle unless you're serving the devil. Because then he's not going to wrestle with you, but you're going to be miserable. Right? But you're not going to have to fight him because he's like, okay, they're doing good. They're doing just what I want them to. So he ain't going to bother you. But if you're doing anything for the kingdom of God, you're going to find confrontation. You're going to find irritation. You're going to find the devil trying to get you off. If you're doing anything, just trying to teach your kids, just trying not to punch your husband in the face. Okay? So... So God gave us weapons to use. But last week I talked about the weapons. The first one is the living word of God. And the second one is the blood of Jesus. And the third one is the Holy Ghost. But I want to talk about the Holy Ghost this morning. And I want to work it backwards back to the word. Because what people are making a mistake on, folks, is they do not understand. They, they, they think the Holy Spirit's an option. I was so blessed because I was talking to Sister Annie and I'm going to go down and preach for them on the 19th. And uh, she and I and so she said, "What are you preaching on?" And I said, "Well, I'll be honest with you, Sister Anne, I've been preaching on the Holy Ghost since January." And she said, "Oh, great! We're just starting preaching on the Holy Ghost in March." And I said, "Well, I'll be right in line." Then I love it when somebody else is, you know, I'm in the same sync with somebody because I know it's God by His Spirit moving upon us. And see, the problem is with the Holy Ghost is they think it's an option. Christians get saved, they get born again, they join a church, they get on the rolls, and then they think that's it. And they're just going to sit on the rolls until Jesus comes. Right? They don't know their Bible. They don't read their Bible. They don't read the Word. They don't look at the Word. That's the preacher's job. That's why we pay him. And they sit there and do nothing until trouble comes. And then trouble comes, and then they turn to God, and then if God doesn't do what they want them to as quickly as they think he should, then they get mad at him. But they don't really want to go to hell. They just are mad. They just want to go to heaven pouting. Okay? So I'm preaching really good here some more. Don't get mad. Y'all are all in the radical church in town, okay? So we've got this problem. Christians who are supposed to be overcoming the devil aren't overcoming anything. They're just being overcome because they're not using the mighty weapons 
to defeat the enemy in their life. So therefore, they get overcome. So they're not overcomers. They've been overcome. Hi, I'm Robert, who's been overcome. Nobody wants that testimony. Right? And so, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John 16, let's go read it. Let's go to John 16. Jesus knew this problem was going to happen. He said, so when I get to heaven, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down here. I'm in 16.5. But now I go away and, and to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrows filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. How many of y'all want to admit you need a helper to live this life? Man, I do. Oh, man, you talk about being trouble. If I didn't have the Holy Ghost and my wife keeping me straight. God bless my wife. She is a helpmate. God gave her to me and keeps me straight. But if I didn't have somebody holding me straight, I'd be a lunatic. Okay? And so it says here, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. But I'm, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Everybody say, thank God for the helper. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. You notice that? He is judged. I showed you in the last week, he's already defeated. Jesus has already open, openly triumphed over him. Jesus is the king of kings. However, when he... The Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, has come. He will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he speaks. Or, well, who do you think the Holy Spirit hangs out with? Come on. If you're going to be talking to your friend, and your friend's giving you some good gossip, you're going to say, you've been down to the cafe, haven't you? You've been hanging around so-and-so and so-and-so. That's where you got that juicy information. Am I right? So if the Holy Ghost is going to tell you something, where's he hanging out? Now, y'all have to excuse me. I'm being trying to be real conscious because I'm trying to be like a dignified preacher this morning. But, um, you know... Uh, I've told you this. I learned, my first Bible I read was King James, and King James refers to it as the Holy Ghost. All through it's Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. So I read Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And then, you know, everybody said, well, you know, that's, that's kind of old. That's kind of, you know, people are scared. You say ghost, and it makes them scared. So you should say Holy Spirit. But anyway, I say Holy Ghost a lot because it's just in my heart. That's what I learned. So anyway, it fits either way. But it says here, if the Holy Ghost is hanging around, somebody's going to tell you what he said. Where has he been? When you think around the throne? Well, if he's going to give you some gossip, it's throne room gossip. Are y'all with me? You want to know what he has to tell you. So then why is everybody scared of him? Why does everybody run off? And I'll tell you why. It's because Christians have, have uh, given the example and, and put forth to the people of the Holy Spirit, and it's been strange. 
And they scared more people than they've gotten really, truly filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? God bless Pentecostals. Man, if we wouldn't have Pentecostals around, we wouldn't, wouldn't uh, be where we are on a lot of things. But a lot of craziness is just emotional crazy, craziness. Send me a letter. I don't care. Tell them the truth. You don't need to be crazy for crazy's sake. I want to see something happen. Listen to me. When God moves, I want to see something happen. And I will tell you something. I'm, I'm hard-nosed, man. What's going on right now with the revival and the colleges and stuff? I want to see something happen. Right? I don't care. Don't get me wrong. Come on, just hang with me a second. Let me finish my statement. I don't care how long they worship. I don't care how long they sing. If they're the same when they leave as they were when they were there, then what good did 8 or 10 or 12 or 24 hours of worship do on? If they went in there and they were mean, ugly, nasty, goofy, strange, and came out full of love, touching people, giving, blessing, rescuing orphans and widows and doing all this kind of stuff, I said, that's God. He changed them. He's made them bigger. He's made them That's what we all should do. Today, when you leave this service, you should be bigger than you were when you came in. Larger, strengthened in your spirit, more full of faith, more vision. Hello? If not, then why are we here? Man, let's go fishing. But see, I know, even myself, after I get through preaching this message, I'm going to go home, and God's going to be speaking to me because I'm preaching under the anointing, and it's going to bless me as much as it blesses you because I don't really know what I'm saying anyway. It's just the Holy Spirit, Okay. But he says he'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. Now, tell you of things to come. Okay. I really want to address this this morning because I've been saying it for a long time. But ever since 2019 and COVID came about, it was a demonic attempt to throw the world into fear. It was a spirit of fear. Oh, there was sickness, but I'm not talking, I'm talking about the spirit behind it was a spirit of fear. And everything since that day, okay, everything since that day has been building on the spirit of fear. And then the next event that comes up, well, then they've got to keep that spirit of fear going. And listen to me, it's backwards if you think... The government is doing it. Just listen to me. Hear me out. Don't cut me off. Don't turn that dial off. Because it's not. That is who the devil is working through. He's just looking for somebody to work through. He don't care who it is. You got to look at the big picture. The devil wants a spirit of fear on the world. How many of y'all remember? I mean, they were literally presenting... At the beginning of COVID, that literally trucks were going to come into town with body bags hauling people out. We expected any moment that, you know, the, the, the National Guard is going to be driving right through Utopia with body bags hauling dead people out everywhere. Okay, but then it goes on. Now the Chinese are spying on us. Now you got the balloons and balloons coming over. And then you got, you know, they're going to steal all your money. And then you got... Uh, you know, this is happening, and then that's happening, and then, you know, this is this, and this is over here. And then, folks, listen to me. It's breeding a spirit of fear. 
And I don't know how it's all going to work. I, well, yes, I do. I do know what the Bible says. And I do know that we're coming up to the rapture of the church and the next event will be the tribulation. The tribulation, the Antichrist is in charge and you can go through and it'll tell you everything right in here. What's going to happen? There's going to be world dominance and, and the Antichrist is going to be in charge and he's going to take everything from everybody. You're not going to buy or sell unless you got the, 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 the ticker tape on your head, you know. And so uh, uh, we're all going there. It's going there. It's going to happen. If somebody tells me, oh, you know, did you hear what they're going to do? They're going to do this, they're going to do that. So, well, the Bible says so. And if all the events in the Bible have all come true, well, then why wouldn't those come true? But who's to say we're here? If the rapture of the church takes place with the tribulation, I'm going to be sitting up eating barbecue in heaven. And I don't know what they're going to be doing out here, but I don't really bother me. They should have got there. I will preach my preach. I will already gone before the judgment seat of Christ. I've already seen my DVD play. The VCR tape in heaven got put in. How many of y'all still have a VCR player? Raise your hands. Hot dog, I love you guys. <laughs> the only thing that I'm really ashamed of myself is I got rid of my eight tracks. If I'd have kept them, I'd have had it. But anyway, how did I get off on that? Oh, so so fear. So, but but folks, if you put your if you put it right straight in the doctrine, the rapture of the church should take place before the tribulation starts where the Antichrist comes down and all the seals are being broken. So I'm going to be eating barbecue in heaven and what goes on. But who's to say that what we hear now, the rumors we hear now, the things that are going to take place, they're going to take all your money, they're going to do all this, isn't something that will take place in the tribulation. But it don't affect me because I ain't here. No matter what, we Christians are not supposed to be operating in a spirit of fear. That's why you got the Holy Ghost standing beside you saying, I don't worry about that. That's coming later. <laughs> right? And people are all in just fear. Oh, God, what do we do? We can't do this. We can't do this. Oh, we go over there. Now, I would admit the world's crazier. I will admit if you go even down to San Antonio, you're going to probably be confronted with some things that you never were confronted with before. All right? There is more violence. There is more things going on like that. You do to be more cautious, but... You know, I had angels back then, and I got angels now. But this fear is ridiculous. It is a spirit of fear, and Christians have got to wake up and get hold of the power of the Holy Ghost and begin to say, I'm not walking in fear. I'm going to be successful. Everything I put my hand to is going to prosper. Everywhere I go, I'm going to be blessed. Goodness and mercy are following me. God has ordered my steps and prepared my ways. Now, isn't that point one of last week's message that you're taking the living word and getting it to work in your life? This is the way we're supposed to operate. This just isn't for some radical group. Do you hear me? This is not some crazy, only charismatic Pentecostal doctrine. This is the word of God. This is how he teaches us. 
to war and to fight and to live in this earth, what needs to be coming out of our mouth is the living word. But it's not a living word coming out of your mouth unless you're mixing faith in it when it comes out of your mouth. Do you believe God's going to bless your tomorrow? Do you believe God can keep the IRS from stealing everything from you? Okay, here we go. Let's just put a factual thing in there. It was all out, all over the internet, everything, you know. The, 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 the administration's hiring 88 new thousand IRS agents are coming for everybody, whatever, right? They got it all funded, got it all done. Everybody's like saying, holy cow, give them a gun. Then they had videos out. These guys going, they should have never had a gun in their hand, walking around with a gun. Everybody throws up, you know, it's going all over Facebook, going all over everything. <gasps> And then when they defund it, and it's all gone. Why did Jesus say in Matthew 6, quit worrying about those things? Quit worrying about your future. He said, you can't do nothing about it. He said, have you ever got even an inch taller worrying? My point is, church, we have got to be in these days and times Christians who know what we're doing to build the kingdom of God. Okay, so the first thing is I told you last week is that we got to have the word of God going out of our mouth. We got to know what the Bible says, what truth is. So that we don't get led into deception. So we got churches today arguing over this, that and the other when I'm like, read the Bible, whatever it says, do it and just say, no, I'm sorry. This is what the Bible says. We follow the rules. It's a cut and dry thing. It's easy. It's simple. You don't have to go have a, 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 a major intercessory, uh, you know, candle light and uh, uh, whatever. Read. Just get your, if you, if you can read, you can figure it out pretty quick. All right? Doesn't take long. It's real simple. Are you going to do what the Bible says or not? Problem is, is people don't want to do what the Bible says, and so therefore they want to have to spend time finding some way around it. Come up with their own personal interpretations, their own twisting around of it. And it takes longer to do that because, first of all, you're trying to get rid of the Word of God. Let me show you something. I have to put my glasses on to find it because I wrote it in my Bible. Go to the book of Revelation. Chapter 1, I believe. Let me just show you something here. Look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So then if you read the book of Revelation and you believe it and you hear it and you adhere to it and you seek it and you want to know what God's doing... Then doesn't that mean that you get a blessing? Now go back to the back. I think it's 22.
Yeah, 22.18. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of the book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life. I don't know about you, but when I read that, that means I just want to leave it alone. I mean, just call me a good old country boy, but bless God, when I read that, I say, okay, Lord. I'm just going to read it and do it, and I ain't nothing. I mean, what else? Just What do you mean? You're going to try to add to it, or you're going to try to take away from it. Leave it alone. Right? Does that make sense? I'm smart enough. It's like, you know, like if, if, if uh, somebody says, like, you're, like this used to always happen to us. You were working in the shop, and you're bending metal or something, and you've got something, and it's hot. You've, you've heated it up with a torch or in a forge or something, and it's hot. And it just started to cool off, and somebody says, don't pick it up. It's hot. I have no desire to pick it up. I don't look at it and say, oh, maybe I can. I know what's going to happen because I have picked up one before that somebody didn't tell me was hot. Hello? Burnt my fingers and I learned my lesson. Well, the same thing of reading the word. Do you think I'm going to mess with the Bible when that's written in there? I just want to preach the truth. And don't if it, gets, if it even gets into a, a, a difficult area, just leave it alone. Go over here and preach this other. But now they're wanting to change it. Oh, man. Going to make it a gender neutral Bible. And I'm like, are you stupid or what? Says right there, the plagues are going to be added to you. If you mess with it, why would you do it? Oh, he's not really going to do that. God is a loving God. Yeah, but if you read the book, when he comes back the second time, he's really mad. Because you've been living in a time of grace and the dispensation of God, and you could have gotten saved, and love was abounding for you right there, and you rejected that. So when he comes back the second time, he's really mad. When Jesus comes back and, the, and the, the biggest, baddest dude that they can come up with from the pit of hell, the Antichrist, sees Jesus, Jesus just looks at him and he goes, <laughs> nothing but, I mean, it's like a little white ash and then the wind blows away. Whoosh, there's nothing left. That's how big my Jesus is. And you want to change the book? You want to go try to make it gender neutral? What is wrong with you people? Okay? I mean, my goodness gracious. So this is the third point. Why we have to have the Holy Ghost with us. Why we have to have him. Why we have to get a relationship. Every morning you should be crying out saying, Thank you, Jesus, for sending me the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me today. Holy Spirit, I want you in my life. Holy Spirit, help me to get through today. Give me guidance. Give me wisdom. You should be crying out for this. This is your number one weapon to help you. Understand how to wield the living word of God and the blood of Jesus. But you've got to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. We've got to quit being scared. And why are we so fearful? You can't kill me. You might beat me up, but, you know, even at that, I've learned in being in enough fights in life, they all get healed up. There is a dentist somewhere that can put your teeth back in. Are you with me? Why? What do we? What? Everybody's so everybody's everybody's so scared of dying. When man, 
Man, I have a major do not resuscitate order on me. If I even look like I might fall over, don't touch me. Don't even get me out of the swimming pool. I mean, leave me there. Are y'all following me here? And the Bible says in Romans 8, I mean, uh, yeah, Romans 8, that that's what keeps people in bondage is the fear of death. But if you know you're stepping right out of this life into the next life, then you're not fearful. It's a glorious thing. Fear has no place in you because it can't bring you into bondage because you're, you know you're right with God. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. This is, my, this is my second point, which is my second point again. How about that? When you got three, it's two and two. Okay, so the second point is if you have to have a revelation of the blood of Jesus, you have to understand what the blood of Jesus has done for you in life. You have to understand that the blood of Jesus has made you righteous with God. That according to Colossians 1 and uh, 21, you are holy and righteous and unblameable before God in love. He said, well, I'm not really, you know, I know what it is. What? Why are you listening to the devil? Why are you going there? He's made me, you righteous. And if he said he made you righteous, then he made you righteous. The only way you couldn't be righteous is if you're not saved. The pastor that I, I was telling you about that got cut off, he preached a message. And that's what, one of the things that flared everybody up. He's preached a message, those who aren't saved. And it got everybody mad. And all he did was preach about Jesus and, 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 and that you, if you know you're right with God, you know you're going to heaven, you know you're saved. And, and, and that was all the message was, but, you know, really made them mad. Because they didn't want to say that there's people who weren't saved. But the bottom line is there is. Because the Bible says there's only one way to get to heaven. Think about that church. You see, our job in life, our job in life is to preach the gospel. Luke 4.18 says, the spirit of the Lord has come upon you. We said, oh, no, that was Jesus speaking. He was talking about himself. <laughs> no. The Bible says the same glory that he gave Jesus, he gave you. And so you have a job to do on this earth. You have one job to do on this earth, not what you're physically doing. That's a side category. The main category of your life is to advance the kingdom of God in your life wherever you are. That's your number one job. So it's your family, it's your friends, it's your associates, it's your work, the people you work with to advance the kingdom of God. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Doesn't that sound like John 16? You got a relationship with the Holy Spirit? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. That's your job. To tell people about Jesus. All of us. It's not my job. Solely my job as a pastor. Do you know. Listen to me. I'm going to challenge you on something. I just feel horsey today. I want to challenge you. I want to poke you. I want to prod you the stick. How many of you are taking the word of God. And you're believing for a number of people. That you can win to the Lord this year. Just think about that. How many you got? One, oh God, if you just let me, there's a dog across the street, barks all the time. Let me see if I can help him get some peace. No. Are you believing God for to have a, a witness 
to somebody this year? Have you set about in yourself a number? You say, well, I don't know, Pastor. I don't really say that. I say, Lord, just whatever, use me however. No, are you aggressive enough that you're believing, Lord, I want to witness to 10 people this year, see them come to the Lord, and get involved in church? Because you should be. But what happens to us, we get out in the world and we get so involved in the world. And as it says in, in Mark chapter 4, that the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things begin to come in and choke out the word that's in us. And so through, through, the, through, the, through all the stupid news media and all the fear mongering and the you know, cutting off a of Newsmax and doing all these kind of things, it gets everybody distracted. It's the jingle, it's the jingle, it's the, the lure to get us over here, get us mad, get us angry. And we're focused at this and we're letting people go right by and bail off into hell. And we can't do that. We have to be at church. If I want to see anything out of y'all this year, I want to see you get aggressive. I want to see y'all coming to me and saying, Pastor, we've had enough. You've got to build a bigger building. We can't get our friends in there, into church. We've had enough. You better get it done. And I'll say, come on. you got to. That's your job. All right? And so you got the Holy Ghost to help you. Now, that's not like saying, you know, you got some little chump with you that can't get anything done. You've got the Spirit of the living God, who is God himself, the Holy Ghost, with you to help you and lead you and guide you. So you can't say, well, I just didn't know what to do. No, you just didn't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, so you knew what to do. Because you have been made right by the blood of Jesus, and so you are in heaven, have all the ability to walk right in the doors of heaven and get anything you need in order to accomplish the advancement of the kingdom of God in your life. This is good news. Don't feel guilty right now. If you are feeling guilty, then just repent of it and say, Lord, I'm going to be better tomorrow. Folks, listen to me. I have a tremendous reverse gear. And I don't mind admitting that when I make a mistake, I will throw it into reverse and back up so fast to get back on the path with God. And I have to do it quite often because I get ahead of God. Oh, that's good. All right. I was wondering why I wrote that down. So I was just doing some research. And between 1840 and 1880, there was a massive migration to California. Because you had the gold rush was coming up in 49, and people were moving to California. And the, all the eastern part of the country was at about 4 million people, and it had burst into 23 million people, and so people were looking for more space, so everybody started coming west. And so they started cutting trails, right? You know, you've heard of the Oregon Trail, you know, the Chisholm Trail, and different, uh, they were going, they were going all by covered wagon. And I was looking up to see there, and I found it, there are still places in the United States that still have the original wagon ruts are still there. You can see them, all right? 
And so I, it, it wasn't, it, it's not like you had to be a genius unless you were the first one. Right? Because all you had to do was follow the wagon ruts. These dudes are cut deep. And you just had to follow the wagon ruts, and you would end up in California. Okay? And so then I got to researching around here, and basically the trail was Highway 90. From San Antonio, it was Highway 90 to El Paso. El Paso, then going right on out, depending on if you wanted to go up to Santa Fe or you wanted to go straight on out and come out down in San Diego. Then you went to Phoenix and on out through there. It's Highway 90 was the trail. And I thought to myself, man, that would be simple. Just get in your wagon, get the horse in the rut, turn her loose, right? And the Lord said to me when I was going over, he said, that's what I did for you. I wrote it down in the word for you, so all you had to do was fall in the rut and follow it. And if you just fall in the rut and follow it, it'll get you right where you need to be. But if you try to deviate out of the rut, it's always difficult. Because I don't know, if you've ever been in a vehicle and out in, in a truly a rut, and you try to get out of that rut, it fights you to stay in the rut. But in this case, it's good. Because he made a word for us. He said, this, look, this is the way I did it. If you'll just do it this way, you'll see success. You just have to stay in the rut of the Holy Ghost. Just follow the path that's been blazed for 2,000 years of all the Christians that have gone before us. So just stay in the path and keep doing it and watch what victory comes. So, all right, just think about this. He made it easy for us. He made it easy. He said, all you got to do is just follow the ruts that I've laid before you. And the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, God himself is right there with you to help you along the way to give you to, to talk to you and to help you. All right? But if you're scared of the Holy Ghost, then why, you, you've already cut the main element out. So, folks, listen to me. We not only need the Holy Spirit to have a relationship with Him and understand the Holy Spirit, we need to be, I mean, whatever you want to call it, baptized, immersed, dunks, covered up, dripping off, don't know what you want to call it but man we need the Holy Ghost and we should never be scared of the Holy Ghost we should always be there saying Lord lead me Holy Spirit lead me show me today because he's the one sent down here with us and you have a right for the Spirit of God to be with you because of the blood of Jesus and then he gave you the living word that comes out of your mouth so that whatever comes up can be fixed. But if Christians are silent, the devil wins. If Christians don't change their ways, the devil wins. If Christians are worried about this and that and the other and getting caught over with the blingy blingy in the world, You lose. I've told you all this story. You know, I go out and I pray early in the morning, and, and my little dog is the bling, the distraction of the world. I'm trying to play. She's beating me on the side of the leg with a ball or the rope and wanting me to throw it, you know, and, and she's just there beating me. I said, stop it, you know, and I don't want to be ugly to her, and you know, and I mean, she's just wanting to play, and then I'll go, and I'll, I'll be standing there, and I'll be in a great, man, I'll be in a great flow. Oh, God. And then she comes up and she puts her nose on my boot 
and, and then she brings a rock or a stick or a bone or something and lays it on top of my boot, wants to chew it on top of my boot. So I'm sitting here just praising God. There's a dog down here just resting all over my feet. I'm like, stop it, please. And then, then I try to walk, and she's laying in front of me. And, or, you know, I had to have So, you know, it's a major obstacle course. But it's training me to be aware. It's training me to be aware, to be sensitive that when, the, when, when the, I'm out and I'm going and I'm out and about, that I'm watching out for whatever's coming. And when I see it, well, oh, that ain't God. Don't say that out of your mouth. No, no, don't tell me that. That's a lie from the pit of hell. No, 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 no. This is what the word says. The word says I'm blessed. So when the devil comes charging in, I say, da, 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 stop. Stop. Check out the blood before you try to say anything. You see, folks, you've got to have a revelation of this. The blood of Jesus sets you in a, in, the, in a right place with God, but it sets you in a power and authority to walk on this earth. Now, you don't have authority over me. You can't come over and have authority over my free will. I can't have authority over your free will. But in my life and in my family and in my situation that I'm in and everything I get agreement on, boy, watch out. The things that have been given to my hands and responsibility, the church, the missions, the things that God's given me, watch out, man. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I know that I've got power and authority there and I will my sword. The enemy knows it. Because sometimes I just chase him down. Someday he's just like a old tomcat laying underneath the tree not doing anything. And I just see him and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to beat on you today. You're going to get in trouble today and you didn't even do anything. It doesn't make me any difference. I want to just pound you. So if you're going to advance the kingdom of God in your life, you need to be asking the Holy Ghost every day. Say, okay, what do I do? What, who's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to have certain people that are going to come to you. You need to pray for it. Okay? Certain things that come. Just don't, just don't, folks, listen to me. Something comes up, just don't say, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll pray about that. Because you're going to forget it. You're going to get busy. Or you're going to throw up some lame prayer. Oh, yeah, uh, Father, yeah. Oh, oh, John, they're going through a hard time. Bless them, please. No, grab their hands right there and say, let's pray right now. He said, well, I'm scared to pray. Well, then get unscared. Don't let fear be in your life. All I can say about fear is stop it. Don't let it have place in your life. Just pray for that person. They say, well, they may think I'm crazy. They know you're crazy anyway. You're not fooling nobody. They already know about you. So there ain't no sense trying to hide it. Just reach up and pray with them. Folks, listen to me. The revival I want to see, I want to see you out there leading people to the Lord. Seeing miracles, signs and wonders happening and taking place. You just coming up and saying, Pastor, we got to give a testimony this week. Man, I was over at the workplace and I just prayed for this person. They just got miraculously healed right there in the middle of office. They went freaked out, jumped on top of their desk, damn, just dancing. Said, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. That's what I want to hear. Because it's you taking the kingdom out. With the guidance of the Holy Spirit, 
with the blood of Jesus over your life and with the living word of God coming out of your mouth. Yes, Lord. And then you see victory. So I challenge you, if you haven't set a date, I mean a number, then get a number. You say, well, I, what, if I, what if that's the wrong number? Well, what's it going to hurt? Well, I, prayed, I was praying for 10 and God only wanted me to have 8. What? That don't make no sense. More than likely, you were praying for 10 and God wanted you to have 100. And all I'm saying is start believing God for people. Let's change this world. Let's get out there and what's going on in the world around us and everybody's in fear. Let's start to be the ones that speak positive, speak the word of God. Let's be the ones that go out there in faith and say, no, God can take care of that. That's not, ain't nobody stealing my money. They ain't nobody going to come in there. If they do, God will just give me more. How many, listen to me. I used to do this all the time. Still do. You see, I can work and I can earn money. And then sow and give, tithe and give, and whatever. But what I love to do is I love what I call mad money. Mad money is money that is given to me for no particular reason. Somebody just gave it to me, something happened, I got free money. And then I take that mad money and I say, I start talking to the Lord about, okay, Lord, what do you want to do with it? You want me to? Give it? You want me to, what do you want me to do? How, who? Who gets it? And I get this little fun thing going on. I mean, some people may not think this is fun. This is exciting to me. And I say, God, who's the person I'm going to give this to? And I may have a $100 bill in my hand. So who am I supposed to give this to? And then God will say, well, break it. Get two 50s. I want you to give 50 over here and 50 over there. Okay, and I give the 50-50. And then all of a sudden, because I, I gave, and then there's going to be a return. And then in a little while, some other money comes back. And I spend my time just loving to just funnel cash. But I'm believing him for it. You got to understand something. I'm believing him for it. It's part of my prayer life. Lord, I thank you for giving me $100 a day so I can go give it away. And how about, Lord, thank you for getting me across some soul today that I can pray for them. I can, I can lead them to Jesus. Ask yourself this question. How many people in your life have you led to Jesus? And so whatever it is maybe in your whole life, then you certainly want to double it to believe for the rest of your life. You follow what I'm saying? We've got to be praying for people. We've got to be believing for people. We've got to set goals out in front of us that say, Holy Ghost, show me, teach me who, who, what, what do you want me to do? And then go do it. It's the most exciting life in the world to see God using you and moving through you to bless somebody else. There's nothing greater there's nothing greater. And then with the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And so then it'll come back, and then you give, and you come back, give, and come back, give, and come back, give, and it's exciting. But if you live in the world of just trying to fight off the bling, are you with me? You're just trying to fight off the bling, you know? It's all, just, all these distractions, and you're just over there fighting this distraction and fighting that distraction and fighting that distraction and fighting this and fighting that. You're just going to get tired and worn out or religious. But if you live a life with the Holy Ghost, 
where he's working through you, then everything is open and everything's wide open. All of a sudden, now you're just free flowing. You're just going out and God's just moving and you're seeing miracles and things are happening. God's blessing you and things are exciting and, and you're just every day is a new adventure with the Holy Ghost. It's a whole lot better. I don't know how many times in life, and I want to close on this, that I have gotten irritated with something. Spent at least 15 or 20 minutes complaining. You know, just complaining about it. Saying things I should not say out of my mouth. Then, my own self convicts me, you know, that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have been saying that. What am I doing? I'm doing that. actually the wrong thing. And then the Holy Spirit says, would you like some help now? And I'm like, yeah, what do I do? This is what you do. Pray this scripture. Speak this out of your mouth. Come on, get it going. And then the next day, the whole situation has been turned around. Everything that I was mad about, all the emotional energy I wasted on it is all for naught. I just wasted my time doing this. And if I had just believed the Holy Ghost at the very first, it had all been taken care of and it was no big deal. But I can tell you, I'm still not perfected. I don't know that we ever get perfected till we get to heaven. I can still get it once in a while, get caught up and get duped. Okay? And what do I do? I repent quickly, get back on the, the rut, and follow the wagon train. Amen? Amen. So, put your Bibles up and stand up. Please. Can I have my prayer team come down? For those of you out there listening or watching, listen to me. If you don't understand about being saved, you don't know what that really truly means. You say, well, you're asking yourself, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I think I'm right. I think I was saved. I think I've joined a church. I think when I was a kid. Now, listen to me. If you're not sure, the Bible says there's a way that we can know that we're sure. Because Romans chapter 10 verse 9 tells us that if we would confess with our mouth and we would believe in our heart that God that Jesus died for us on the cross and that he is the son of God who arose, showed himself strong by arising from the grave, that we would be saved. He's your answer. He's the only one that's ever proved. Nobody else has ever proved they are who they are, who they said they are. Only Jesus, he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God. And if you'll call on him to be your savior, to forgive you your sins, he'll come down and he'll touch you right where you are. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, if you cry out to him truly from a heart of repentance and said, Jesus, I want you in my life, right there he will touch you. And that's all you have to do is pray and say, Jesus, come into my life. If you're in here in the building today and you're not sure that if you died you'd go to heaven, you're not sure you're right with God. You don't have that authority and the power of the blood of Jesus. And We've got prayer team people up here. And I'm telling you right now, you just need to call upon the name of the Lord. But I can also give you this warning, kind of like the book of Revelation said there. I'm telling you today, don't walk out the door if you don't know that you're right with God. I don't like to candy coat it. Folks, listen to me. I'm sorry. I, just, I, I'm not, I don't mean to try to embarrass people or whatever, but I'm just telling you, we're living a day and time right now that you should listen to the voice of reason. And the voice of reason speaking to you today is saying, don't leave the building. If you're not, no, for sure, you're right with God. Don't let, let uh, uh, 
pressure. Don't let the intimidation. Don't let those things come on you. Listen to me. It's actually the opposite in here. The peer pressure in here is to get right. <laughs> Amen. So listen to me. I'm, we're here to pray with you. Don't leave the building if you're not if you're not sure, completely sure. There's people up here that'll pray with you. Next week, Brother Ivan's going to be here. Now, Brother Ivan, he has an anointing of an evangelist on him. There is an anointing on him. People get saved when Brother Ivan is here, whether they want to or not. And it's absolutely because of the anointing. He's gifted in that area, okay? So if you have a friend you know that's not right with God, bring them. You make, make sure you get them in the middle. Don't give them an outside seat so they could run. And uh, hold their hand if you have to. Keep them in here. But it, next week, we need to fill up this building and, 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 and get people saved. Amen? And let them come to know what it means for the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen? So take the person's hand beside you. Let me bless you. And you can go home and get you a, a, some vision going to see people saved. So, Father, I just pray for them right now. Bless them. Lord, let this message sink down into their hearts today. Lord God, I just pray that, that each and every one of us, we just have a, a, a desire, have a, an intensity on the inside of us to work with the Holy Spirit to see people come to know you, Jesus. That, Lord, that we would be believing every day to see the harvest and to have eyes to see the harvest out there and who, who needs to be prayed for and who we can minister to, Lord God, and see souls won into the kingdom of heaven. And so, Father, I praise you today. I thank you for it. I thank you for just giving everyone a victorious week, a week of divine appointments to just run into people that they're going to lead to the Lord. And so, Lord, I thank you for bringing us all back together again next week to hear Brother Ivan. I thank you that, Lord, we'll have our hearts ready, our hearts open, have people here that don't know you, Lord, they'll come to you. And, Lord, I just thank you for this great life we get to live, a life of living it with the Holy Ghost. And so, Lord, bless them now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.